0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi aladhin ashtafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ma yalfi'hu min qawlin illa ladehi raqibun atid. Wa qal al-Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Amlik alayka lisanak, wal yasaka baytuk, wabki ala khati'atik. Awkama kalan Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Oh, suspected Allah, my brothers and elders. <coughs> Among the personalities that have been mentioned in the Quran Sharif, a personality that was not a Nabi of Allah. Ta'ala but whose mention has come in the form of advice for us is Luqman alayhi salatu As-Salam. The ulama kiram state that he was not a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. But yet we find that in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions Luqman salatu As-Salam, mentions the advice that he gave to his son, So we can imagine from this that what is the rank of this person. Once somebody asked him that how did you reach this rank? Because you were the shepherd that we knew from before. He was an Abyssinian and a shepherd and that was his job. So he was somebody who was not known to be a very... A uh, high-ranking person in society. It was a shepherd. Normally a shepherd would be somebody who didn't have any other job to do. He would get this kind of job to do. Suddenly out of the blue, where you reach this rank, how did you get to this position? That from every direction, people are now wanting to take that wisdom from you. And then we find in the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions His wisdom. al Allah says we blessed Rukhman with wisdom. In the Quran Sharif this is being mentioned. So that makes it very clear that what a great position he enjoyed. Now the question to him was that what brought you to this position? (coughs) So he replied and said that there were three things. And according to one narration he said to the person that if you want you can also get this you bring these three things into your life, Allah Ta'ala will grant you this position too. So it's obvious that when a person is being asked something and he is mentioning some specific aspects, some specific qualities, then these are things that he would have mentioned as a real highlight, meaning something that he did to the point of excellence. And it for one moment also doesn't mean that he neglected anything else that was necessary. There are many things mentioned in the ahadith that a person does this, this will be the benefit of it. It doesn't mean that he should only do that. It means that he does this together with everything else, he'll get this special benefit. So likewise, Luqman ﷺ is highlighting three things here. This in no way means that a person can neglect the other aspects of deen and feel that, well, I just need to do these three things, everything else will just be fine, it will all be overlooked. Together with everything, these are the highlights. So he mentioned three things. The first thing he mentioned was Sidqul Hadith, that truthfulness in speech. Now, that sounds like a very straightforward thing, and... We all know this that a person must be truthful. So, how did this become such a great highlight? And he's talking about those qualities that brought him to this very high position. So, this is something everybody knows about. Let alone a Muslim, even a person without Iman understands that to lie is a terrible thing. Obviously, a mu'min, he understands it to a greater extent. But the point is and the lesson is that this is not something that just confined to the things we understand. But it is in every aspect of a person's life that he is true, completely true. He is true in his relationship with Allah Ta'ala. He has made a statement, a declaration, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah he is true in that declaration now, he lives it. He is true in his relationship with people. For example, one is that a person now will say something which is completely untrue. So Alhamdulillah, most people will avoid this because they know the harm of this. They know that this is something very, very serious. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu says that he was asked, Nabi Sallallahu was asked the question that can a mu'min, a believer, can he be a coward? Meaning you know, he's not very brave. So it's not a good thing to be a coward. But is it possible that he's a coward? He'll still have to work on it and rectify this and remove this cowardice from himself. But is it possible that cowardice and iman, they... Can exist together? Nabi Salaam said, yes, it's possible. Not a good thing. But it's possible. It can happen. Can a mu'min be a miser? Obviously being a miser is a very bad quality, very bad trait, something that should not be the case. So if this is the case, then it means a person has a lot of work to do still. But Nabi Salaam said, yes, it's possible. It's possible. Not a good thing, but it's possible. It can happen. Ask, can a mu'min be a liar? No, he can't be a liar. A mu'min and a liar, this doesn't work. So now can we imagine that if a person, despite iman, if lying hasn't left him, that becomes his manner of conducting his work, conducting his life, conducting his business, conducting his day-to-day affairs, then how far is this from iman? The reality of iman The strength of Iman. In other words, Iman has become so weak, there's just a glimmer. The Nabi Salaam says like, in many other things, sometimes a person says, no, I got no money with me. Meanwhile, he's got 10 cents. But now that 10 cents can't really buy him anything. It's money, nobody can deny he's got money. But he says, no, I got nothing. And in a sense, what he's saying is he's not lying, he's true, he's got nothing, meaning nothing that can be considered anything significant. So likewise, Nabi Islam is saying, lying and iman, is a worlds apart. In one hadith it is mentioned that when a person lies, he speaks something that is untrue, then this creates a stench, an odor that emanates from his mouth. Now, some things are things that every human being can perceive, he can feel, he can sense. He can see certain things with his eyes. He can smell certain things with his nose. Something that smells nice, some good fragrance, he'll smell that. There's a bad odor, he'll smell it. There are certain things he can feel. But there are certain things that go beyond this. The malaika, every mu'min has the belief that malaika are with him. Kiraman katibin, ya'alamuna ma taf'aloon. Allah Ta'ala says the angels, kiraman katibin, every human being, they are writing, they are with him. One is on his right shoulder, one on the left. Any good he does is being recorded. Any evil is being recorded. But can we see the malaika? We can't see the malaika. The Hadith Sharif Nabi Wasallam says that when a group of people gather together to remember Allah Taba'arak wa Ta'ala, then, حَفَّتْهُمُ Malaika. The angels surround that gathering. Not one, the angels surround that gathering. But can we see them? We can't see them. So certain things are beyond our senses. This is something that we have to believe in as Nabi Islam told us. So likewise, this is not something we will smell with our human being's won't smell. it. But Nabi Islam says that such an odor emanates from this person's mouth that the angels of Rahmat, the angels of mercy, they cannot bear this. They flee away from this person to the extent of one mile. The distance of one mile far away they go to avoid the stench. Now imagine the person lies, so he creates such a distance between himself and the angels of mercy that help him, that guide him, that protect him. So now when the angels of mercy have been dispersed so far away, so now the shaitans all find the place right right next to him. The shayateen now, they gather around him. So such an evil thing he is lying. And that lie is recorded, مَا يَلْفِظُ مِنْ قَوْلٍ إن إِلَّا رَقِيبٌ عَتِيدٌ That a person, everything he utters, immediately it's recorded. So, as far as a complete blatant lie is concerned, inshallah, most people would be totally refraining from this, because they understand there's such a terrible thing, such a detrimental thing, such a harmful thing, <coughs> distances a person so far away from, from malaika, and all the other harms that come with it. But again, we're talking about this quality Luqman والسلام, mentioned Siddhqul Hadith. Sometimes a person is saying something, he exaggerates it. If he's talking about some good, good about maybe himself, or, or some something that he wants to try and, for example, now he is in a job interview. So now he throws himself up in some way which he knows himself is not the reality. Sometimes he does this so often that though he knows it's not the reality, he also starts falling in doubt that maybe it is true. One person wanted to sell one one horse. He wanted to sell it off because this horse was a very, very ill-tempered horse and always causing a lot of damage and a whole lot of difficulties were coming through as a result of this horse. So he found somebody, one agent please sell this horse off for me. So he came to the marketplace, came with the horse. So now, because now this person will be able to do the job right, so he gave him the job, the contract now to sell the horse off for him. So this agent now, he doesn't have any other purpose but to sell it and make his commission. So he started now shouting out that this horse is for sale. So as the people came around, he started talking about all the good of this horse. This horse is such an excellent horse. There isn't any problem with this horse and you'll never go wrong with this horse. And he started talking so much good about the horse that this owner who came to sell it, he said, if my horse is so good, let me take it back. I don't want to sell it now. Now, he's been riding it all the while, being thrown off that horse, been hurt so much. But because of now, this one person started talking so much about the horse, he forgot all the evils of it, all the harms of it, all the problems with it, he believed what he knew is wrong. Likewise, when a person keeps lying, he lies about himself, he starts believing that maybe he's something right about him. So in any case, this aspect of now, he's in this job interview. And now he's been asked about himself, he starts exaggerating something. Now is that part of sidqul Hadith's hadith truthfulness of speech, or it's gone beyond the mark? It's obvious it's gone beyond the mark. He has a problem with somebody. So now he has to place a complaint, for example. Whatever. It might, might be some, some difficulty or something came up with something. So now he has to put forward the complaint to the superior, to the boss, or whatever the case is. But now there is some personal issue involved here too. So he was responsible for bringing that complaint. He was responsible for reporting whatever the offense is, that is his duty. But because there was an old axe to grind, because there was some problem between the two people before, now he exaggerates that to a point. Just to try and make it sound a little bit more serious than it is. Now, does that fall under the category of Siddhqul Hadith or it's gone beyond the mark? It's obvious. So, truthfulness of speech, which Sukhmani is speaking about, that this is one of the basic things that took him to this height. It's not just that a person didn't speak a blatant lie. It is a very comprehensive thing that not even for one iota, he exaggerated anything to any extent. Whether in praising something, whether in complaining about something, whether in in anything, he is making sure that it is 100% correct. And if to be on the safe side, he'll rather play down something instead of saying too much positive, And he'll rather lighten something about saying it too much negative. He'll rather play it down a little bit and lighten it so that he doesn't cross the mark in complaining, reporting that. Otherwise that will become a big problem for him. It becomes zulm. And likewise he won't exaggerate beyond. He'll rather play it, forget exaggerate, he'll play himself down a bit. So this is the first quality he mentions, Sidhq hadith <coughs> Then the second thing he mentioned, waada'ul amana, Fulfilling the trust. Fulfilling the trust. One money is the trust we understand. Trust to be somebody's amanat. Somebody gave a person money to keep. So now he must look after it. And when the person comes for it, he must give it back to him in the manner that he had received it. So that he is now discharging that amanat. So that amanat, alhamdulillah, we all understand That you cannot do something with somebody else's property. That's amanat. You can't misuse it. So that is one level of amanat which is clear, which is understood, mashallah. But amanat is a concept in Deen which is far beyond just, for example, monetary amanat. Monetary amanat is obvious. But it's a concept that is very, very far beyond that. For example, time is an amanat. So now for example, a person is employed for some time, specific times. You need to come in at this time and work up to to this time. So then he fulfills that amanat of time. And if somebody has employed somebody, that I will pay you so much for this amount of time. So now he fulfills that amanat that the person has worked for him for that amount of time. He pays him fully for it so both sides of that amanat is now being fulfilled now if a person is fulfilling that time correctly then he's fulfilling amanat and if he's cutting time short he's not fulfilling the amanat or for example he's filling the hours that is required but he's not fulfilling the task that is required in the correct way he's pulling the time Now that is against this requirement of amanat. One place, go there for some work, so it was some kind of office or whatever it is, so it was on board, stuck on the wall. And it stated that if you don't believe in life after death, obviously every mu'min believes in life after death, if you don't believe in life after death, then come here at 4.30. What it meant is that till before 4.30 many people who are working here seem like they're dead. They're not doing anything. But come 30, they come to life because now they're going to run home. So now that obviously is against this requirement of amanat. That a person is tasked to something then he does it. And likewise a person has fulfilled his task then the employee is fulfilling the amanat. He's paying him fully. He's not now making some excuse to cut something short. Amanat all the faculties and the organs and limbs Allah ta'ala has blessed us with, all of this is amanat. The eyes is amanat. The ears are an amanat. The tongue of a person is an amanat. His hands and feet, his heart is an amanat. Now how he will use this, he will have to account for it on the day of Qiyamah. Did he fulfill this amanat correctly or not? So amanat is not something confined to just Only one thing, only monetary amanat, only somebody's valuables. Amanat is a very wide concept. To the extent that, Abdullah bin Mas'ud r.a. explains, wuzu is an amanat also. Salah is an amanat. And all these things that relate to how a person lives his day-to-day life, all this is also included in amanat. If a person has been asked for some advice... Then, he has been put into a place of trust. That's an amanat now. For example, now somebody wants to buy one car. So he came to ask, look, so-and-so is selling his car. Do you know anything about the car? Is it suitable? Is it fine? Now, when this question is put to him, that what is your advice in this regard, he is in a position of amanat now. He is now required to give that, that advice which he sincerely believes to be in the best interest of the person asking. What is in his heart that he genuinely believes he could err, uh, he could make a mistake, but in his heart of hearts, he is sincere and sure that what I am saying that is in his best interest. But supposing now he heard about it, okay, this person is selling his car. How much is he selling it for? So, you know he's selling it for so much now, twenty thousand rands. He says, you see that why is selling it for twenty thousand? Because it's probably worth 10,000. Probably you'll take one turn down the road and it might be... You'll have to now start towing it around. So now this person decides, okay, I'd rather leave it out. One day later he sees the person he asked for advice, he's driving it around. Because he realizes it's a bargain now. So now in order to get the bargain for himself, he turned this person's mind away. He gave him some story which turned him away, put him off. Now that goes not... It's not just a lie... Besides being a lie, he has trampled amanat. This was an amanat that was put to him. That now give the advice which you believe is genuinely the best advice. Now in all day-to-day issues, sometimes some child is asking the parent something. The parents are asking the child something. The brother is asking the sister something. All things which relate to -to day-to-day life. And a person is required to give his view in that The employee is asking his employee something. So now the person is now in a position of trust. Does he give some advice or make some comment where he will get his personal benefit out of it? It will enhance himself or what is in the best interest of the person asking? That is an amanat. And if he said something because his interest will be fulfilled, then he has destroyed this amanat. So, this was the second aspect that he mentioned. First was Siddhqul Hadith, truthfulness of speech. The second aspect was Adawul Amana, fulfilling the trust. And the third thing he says that brought me to this position, obviously the Fazl of Allah Ta'ala. But Allah Ta'ala's Fazl comes and His grace comes, His mercy comes when a person puts himself forward in Sifat, in qualities, qualities of Iman. To the extent that he excels in that, Allah ta'ala then showers his mercy upon him. So the third thing he mentioned was that leaving out anything futile. Futile, futile is that which will not benefit a person neither in dunya and akhirat also, obviously. There are certain things which will benefit a person maybe only in dunya. It's not necessarily that going to benefit him in Akhirat, unless obviously he had such an intention behind it that turned that action to Ibadat. For example, a person eats, so that eating is going to feed himself, he's going to fill his stomach, and he's going to benefit from that here in dunya. But that eating in itself is not going to benefit him in the Qabr. not going to benefit him in the Akhirat. But if he made the intention of eating correct, that I'm eating so that, I will gain strength to worship Allah Ta'ala. The strength that I will gain, I I will use it to help the servants of Allah Ta'ala. I will not misuse this nourishment and strength in haram. Then that becomes an ibadat. The reward of that now he'll get in the akhirat as well. So certain things will benefit only in the dunya. Certain things will benefit both places. And certain things will not benefit anywhere. Though in itself it might not be haram. In itself, it might not be haram sometimes, but it's of no use either dunya or akhirat. So those things which are haram, it's obvious that is completely out of the question. Now, for example, people sometimes engage in some pastimes and whatever else. Sometimes this might be within the limits of permissibility, but it's futile. Certain things are futile. You see, it's even giving up futile things. Now, this 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 futility. Again, is a very broad concept. A futile word. A futile glance. For example, he's looking at something. Not, not a problem looking at what he's looking at. Might be one cow or something. Now he's admiring it so much that, that now he's going to start affecting his heart. He's going to start feeling that I should also have this. And if he can't have it, now he's becoming jealous over somebody else's good. Oh, he's forgetting all the good Allah has already blessed him with. He's seeing something else which he doesn't have. He's forgetting to make shukar for what he already has. Now that is beyond the point of futility. But he started off on a futile glance. That took now to the next step. Started becoming a problem. So a person who starts making this his target, that he will not do anything haram. And he will also start cutting down on things that are futile then this brings him well within the limits where he doesn't come on the boundaries of haram also. And as a result, he stays safe from anything that will displease Allah. Allah. Whether it's terms what he looks at, what he listens to, what he speaks, what he thinks. If it's a futile thought, people just sit and daydream. It's futile. If he needs something, make dua for it. That is something useful. Just to daydream, what is going to benefit somebody? So, this is the thing that he mentioned, these three points and these three aspects, that this is what brought about this end result. Truthfulness in speech, in that detail that was discussed, that is not just confined to one thing, but in its, in the spirit of it. What is the word of it, the very spirit of truthfulness. And amanat, fulfilling and discharging amanat. And the third aspect of refraining from every futility. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us the taufiq.